Hello team and welcome to episode 372 of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Leslie Kenny. Leslie is a Southern California entrepreneur whose life was turned upside down when she was diagnosed with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis in her 30s. Her doctors told her that at best she had five years left due to the lupus and there was no cure to this or the rheumatoid arthritis. Leslie wasn't taking no for an answer and set out on a mission to overcome these diseases and has ended up not only curing herself but is now thriving and living her best life at 58 years of age. In this episode you can expect to learn what steps Leslie took to overcome her fatal diagnosis, what Leslie uses today to enhance her quality of life and well-being, which also Cara Vorderman is a very big fan of, along with why she believes that reaching your 50s and 60s could be the start of a second wave in your life versus things going downhill. And if you're interested in any of the products that Leslie and I discussed today, head to the description below and you'll find a unique discount code. It's simplyfit15 and the link to where you can find all the products. So without further ado, Leslie Kenny. Leslie Kenny, welcome to the show. How are you today? Very well. Thank you so much for inviting me. The pleasure is truly mine. And we've just been having a little chat off air and I'm even more excited to get into today's conversation. I feel there's a lot for our listeners to learn today. So before we do go into the deep end of the conversation, can you give us a little context about who you are and what it is that you do? I am a patient advocate, a former health coach, and uh, also one of the co-founders of the Oxford Longevity Project here in Oxford, England, to really educate and inspire people my age, I'll be 58 in June, to get active, engage with their health, and look to slow down the aging process. In my day job, I run a company called Oxford HealthSpan, which also commercializes a product called Primadine, which does slow down the hallmarks of aging, nine of the 12 hallmarks of aging, uh, using a really badly named molecule called Spermidine, uh, another beautifully named molecule called nobilitin, again, a less fortunate one called spermine. <laughs> you couldn't have picked those names any better, could you? No, no. And I'm sorry to say they were all, uh, spermine and spermidine were both named by, um, by a Dutchman, by a man. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's the sense making of it all. But coming back to that story, you didn't come across this randomly. What led you down the path of discovering this molecule uh, that now has a lot of utility in your life and in many people's lives who have experienced it? Well, as I mentioned, I'm a patient advocate. I'm a rheumatoid arthritis patient, uh, as well as a lupus and Hashimoto's thyroiditis patient. And it was through my interest in the research here at the University of Oxford around immunology and rheumatology that I learned about spermidine and how it had been used successfully in mice to improve immune function. So I will again underscore the fact that this was in mice and we are not mice, we are humans. Um, but you have to, when you have a hypothesis in science, you certainly want to start with, you know, you start with worms and flies, then you go to mice. Once you're in mammals, then, you know, on your way to proof of concept for humans, you might then go on to other larger animals. And, uh, the mouse studies were, were really fascinating and they also showed not just uh, bringing the immune system of aged mice back to their younger state, 
But when you do that, you also can reduce things like inflammation, right? Because um, inflammation occurs when not just when you have a, an injury or stress, but it can also be inappropriate inflammation. And I know this, again, as a patient, because my tumor necrosis factor alpha scores, my cytokines, my C-reactive protein, these were all fancy words for markers of inflammation. They were sky high. So if your immune system's not working properly, you get this ridiculous overactive immune response and tons of inflammation. And so I looked at their work and I thought, this really connects with me. I am not a lab mouse. How do I get a hold of this? And it really wasn't possible in the United States. And I really wanted it in, in the U.S. as I'm a Southern Californian originally and decided since it wasn't there and it was COVID and I had nothing better to do, why don't I bring this to, why don't I bring this to my fellow Southern Californian? So I did and it might have been completely foolhardy because I'm new to this industry. I don't know. I didn't know anything about supplements. Getting into the business was very eye-opening because there are a lot of dodgy practices out there. And as a patient, I don't want to touch those dodgy practices. I want everything to be super clean, double-tested to make sure that you know the amount that is stated on the bottle is the amount that you get in the product and no nasty fillers or things that you don't need. Sometimes there are things in there that are just for uh, the manufacturing process not for your body. So uh, so it's been very interesting. As we said earlier off air, if we had known all the things that go into starting our businesses, we might not have done them. But here we are. We were naive and it has led us down uh, down this particular garden path. And it's still interesting. Absolutely. And I think that naivety in many ways serves us. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a lot of people doing a lot of great things in the world. So in a way, I'm glad that we didn't have that awareness. And I want to come back and roll back the years on your story a little bit. Obviously, you were diagnosed with an autoimmune condition and you had no idea about any of this before. Like you said, you weren't a part of the industry per se, didn't know too much about supplementation or this fantastically named uh, molecule either. What did that response look like for you as someone who was told that you have an incurable condition? Usually most people's perspective would be, okay, maybe I'll get a second opinion. But a lot of people would just say, okay, to the doctor, you know, like I trust this person in the white coat. I trust they wouldn't tell me this for any other reason. What led you down the path of not being able to accept that and then really, really traveling down this path to find a way to ultimately help yourself? I was very lucky because uh, I was diagnosed initially with rheumatoid arthritis and then with lupus and there was no cure for lupus. So I got this gigantic box of syringes with little diabetic needles and syringes were full of immune suppressants so I could inject myself. That's the RA. But then the lupus, there was no box. The doctor said, sadly, we don't have a cure. And I was doing my fifth round of IVF at that time. I was using donor eggs because I was an older patient. I was 39 at the time. And you're sort of really over the hill fertility-wise. In the, in the world of fertility docs, that is old, so must do donor eggs. And I just said to the doctor, hey, super inconvenient. I'm on a timeline here. I have an IVF thing, like all scheduled. I've got the donor with the donor eggs. This is not going to work with my life schedule diary 
new answer. Find a new answer. And she just said, there, there is no other answer. And, you know, don't bother, not, not exactly don't bother trying. What she said was she just shook her head and she said, I wouldn't do the IVF. You have a good five years left. And this really, that really shook me. And instead of making me say, oh my God, I need to get my affairs in order. I just said, no, that's the wrong answer. Right. And maybe it's a false positive. Can I retest? She agreed. And I left thinking, I am going to learn everything I can about this. Right. They always say, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. I needed these diseases to be so close to me that I knew everything about them. And I researched, you know, the heck out of them. And the thing that, that actually joins them together, RA and lupus, and they often come together also with Hashimoto's, is that they, uh, they have inflammation at their root. And I thought, okay, let me do everything I can to reduce inflammation in my life. And so, you know, I meditated, I was walking the Rocky Mountains all the time. I was doing Mayan uterine massage. I would do anything and everything. I was tincturing my own herbs. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you know, nothing was off limits, but I also went on the zone anti-inflammation diet and I got rid of gluten, got rid of dairy. I got rid of anything that could be a inflammatory trigger for me or an, a trigger of my immune system. And essentially I had leaky gut so that undigested food particles were going through into my bloodstream. My immune system was identifying them as foreign tagging them with a big post-it note so that all their other immune friends would come around and say, oh, right, so that's what we need to, you know, this this thing, we need to, to kill this wherever it is. Well, the problem is, is that when the immune system see the, sees those proteins, sometimes they look like proteins on our organs or on our skin or in our thyroid, in our joints. And this leads to all of these, you know, eczema, rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and it just gets out of control, the immune system. The reaction is inappropriate and just wrong. So I uh, I knew that I needed to, to tamp that down and take away those triggers. So I took those triggers away, and then I wanted to bring the immune system back into balance. And I found a treatment called intravenous immunoglobulin. It was a four-hour intravenous treatment and essentially would bring the immune system back into balance. Now, it's made up of white blood cells from about 8,000 people. So you are taking a risk that there might be something in there that medicine has not yet discovered that could be bad for you. And this has happened with hep C, hepatitis C. Um, So it's not unthinkable, but my reasoning was, well, if she's really right that I have five years left and this is getting good results, what do I have left to lose? There is nothing else, right? Maybe I'll further science. So I, I did that treatment twice. It was $12,000 for each round, uh, each one. And when I went back to test again, the doctor said, look at that. You don't have these things anymore. And that is when the penny dropped. And I thought, wow, if she knew what I now know, I wouldn't have had to have gone through this. What about all those other patients who just accepted the box of drugs and then decided to, you know, this is it. What about them? So I did say, do you want to know what I did? And she said, no, it's okay. Oh, wow. So, but that, 
I think that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it happens a lot. And doctors too are on a schedule. They don't have time, right? And they have patients to see and they've got to keep to their, to their timetable. So I left that, uh, left that room and thought, um, this is, this is not right. Actually, our bodies are capable of so much more than we realize if we can give them what they need. And there's a question what does each person need? We have to figure that out and we're all unique. So what works for me is not going to work for you, is not going to you know work for your listener, but we are with ourselves 24 hours a day throughout our lifetime. And we gather all these data points. We can try and figure it out with a little research, with the help of people like you and our doctors. We can discover what works better for us, what works less well for us, remove the things that harm us and put in the things that make us stronger. It's as simple as that. It's an incredible story. And as much as I know that there is doctors who are, like you said, on a timeline, they need to see patients, they need to use what they've been given and taught to prescribe. But at the same time, for there to be such a lack of interest for them to turn around and say, no, I don't want to know, just kind of blows my mind. Like I get the part in the sense of like, okay, maybe I can't make any meaningful change here, but maybe rather than having just that diagnosis of you've got a good five years, I can say, well, this lady I know tried this, this and that, it might be a little out there, but that's on the table. That's the part that stops and blows my mind a little bit. Does that not, you don't feel the same way about that? I, I did feel the same way. I, I do understand though, you know, the, the GMC, the general medical council here in Great Britain, they will, they will forbid you from, from saying things that are not part of the GMC protocol. Right. And it would be the same for the American medical association. You know, there are strict protocols you need to stick to and, uh, otherwise, your liability insurance is on the line, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. At the same time, it's still a good job. It's frustrating. People like you, yeah, people, it's a good job that people like you are doing this work and trying to get it out there. And I think a lot of us are waking up to the fact that maybe the doctors aren't the only ones with the solutions now. And a lot of people like yourself are looking for alternative treatments, alternative ways of finding a way to not even just heal themselves, but to optimize their health full stop. And I want to talk about what was the next steps after that when you realized that, wow, you know, no, not enough people know about this. I know about this. I was able to cure myself, essentially. What did the path look like? I'm sure like things went in a million miles an hour about what you wanted to take to the world. Well, I was raising my kids. So once I, I got them to a certain age and felt they were, you know, they were kind of ready to, uh, to not need me all the time, I then retrained. Uh, I did a course at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York City. I did a coaching course uh, with what was then called the Bulletproof Institute. That was Dave Asprey's. I think he's now called the Human Optimization Institute or something like that. I became a certified coach with the International Coach Federation and began working with clients and was very surprised by how open clients were with me. And then I'd say, oh, if you mentioned this to your doctor and they'd say, oh no, I wouldn't share that with my doctor. Because there is, there is a sense that doctors are on a pedestal and you can't talk to them about things that are a bit lowbrow. Let's say constipation. I'm not talking to my doctor about constipation. I'm not talking to them about my hair loss because that's like a vanity thing. I'm not talking to them about my gray hair and how much it bothers me. I'm not going to talk to them about my nail splitting because that bothers me too. It's 
you know, these things are, are too petty, too beneath them to, for the patient to bring up. But if you're with a coach like you and me, they'll do it. The doors open, exactly. The doors open, right? Because we're a bit more accessible. We're not going to judge them. I think that, I think that there's this fear. Oh, the doctor is going to think I'm so petty for worrying about my hair going gray, right? Because there's, there's a power dynamic. They are, they are the authority figure. They're the teacher. You don't go to your teacher and say, Oh my God, you know, look at this. Look at my skin or look at my hair. And it's, it's a shame. Like you said, there is like this gap between and that's something that usually i i would say that i don't even really have to open the door too much of as a coach and you might have noticed that yourself it's like you almost bring those things to the table and they're like oh okay i've been dying to tell someone about this especially someone who might be able to help you and then all of a sudden they see like even the door is just like ajar they're like okay well i'm gonna open this all the way up and i'm now gonna tell you about all of my digestive habits and all these things that are going on (laughs) in my life right but that's or my foot fungus (laughs) Yeah, or anything that they need to tell you that they've not been able to tell anyone for the past 15 years or so. But it's beautiful. And I think that that's the most important thing in terms of having that availability to have someone to ultimately speak to about these things. And then that opens the door to possibilities of cures and ways forward as well. And that brings me back onto our favorite named molecule, spermidine. I want to talk to you about how you discovered this and then what was your thoughts on bringing this forward into people to be able to purchase this online, to access it all around the world? Well, as I mentioned, it was really the work of uh, Dr. Gada Al-Saleh and Professor Katja Simon in immunology here at the University of Oxford that piqued my interest. But the more that I looked into it, the more I was convinced by its safety. Um, There had been over 13,000 studies done on what are known as the polyamines. So these basically means it's a fancy word for saying that these things are made out of amino acids. And a lot of us, uh, if we're in the gym, we might take creatine or we might take branch chain amino acids, uh, collagen, of course, everybody's favorite amino acid set of amino acids. And uh, so they're really very safe. But we recently learned that they can trigger a magic trick known as autophagy. That's a Greek term for self-eating or self-cleaning. And I really like to think of it as having a little Marie Kondo, your own personal decluttering system in every single cell. And she is in there and she is saying that mitochondria looks really worn out. And she, she puts a post-it note on it and says that is for goodwill. And she sees a damage, you know, she sees another damaged mitochondria, which we need to make our ATP, uh, you know, energy, right? She sees the mitochondria and she says that is that has got to be burned. Let's send that to recycling. And she goes through all of the different cellular components and basically declutters. And anything that she can recycle, she breaks that bit off and she does recycle it. But the sum of all of this is that actually our cells work much better. So if you think in the uh, case of mitochondria, if you have poorly functioning mitochondria, you're not going to have a lot of energy. And so you want those to certainly be optimized. But autophagy does other interesting things. And one of them is uh, stem cell function. So we all know stem cells. Uh, Any of the ladies out there listening know that they even have plant stem cells in some face creams. And that is, you want your stem cells, which can repair, you know, the body. You want those stem cells to be young, healthy, and capable 
of doing the repair work that they're meant to do. You don't want them to be dysfunctional in any way. And then I also learned that spermidine helps with these telomeres. So telomeres are the end cap of the chromosomes, uh, like your shoelaces, right? Those caps at the end of shoelaces and they fray, you know, if they get old. And what you want is you want your, basically your shoelaces to be nice and long and spermidine will help keep them nice and long. And that is correlated with longer life. Also helps with protein misfolding, helps with uh, epigenetic changes. So if we are smoking or drinking, we are making changes to our epigenome. This is different from the genome. So yes, we all get a set of, uh, we get a set of genes, but we can turn them on and off. It's like, um, you know, the DJ at the disco is like turning on all of these things and amping certain things up, the sound or the bass. And, and that's like the epigenome. And so we can do that with our genetics too. So if you smoke, you're going to be turning something on, but spermidine can actually help reverse that change. And that is very, very powerful. So once I saw some of these uh, superpowers, I realized that I just had to bring this to market. And uh, as I said, it was during COVID. I didn't know any better. I did say to Katja Simon, are you sure I should do this? It's COVID right now. I can't even travel to Japan where I you know, was going to source this. And she said, Leslie, we need this more than ever now. You have to do this. So with her encouragement, I give her full credit. I, I went ahead and uh, slowly but surely we began to develop a fan base. And I don't know how Hollywood starlets discover products like this, but they do. And uh, in Britain, Carol Vorderman is a big fan and has been on it for the last two years and is very public about it and uh, has really dug into the science. I did not know who she was when I first met her because she used her married name, and but she asked for lots of studies, wanted to, to really dig into the research and and then uh, started taking it and suddenly we noticed oh Carol Vorderman is following us I wonder I wonder if she'd like to try some and when we asked her she said oh I've been on it for the last however many months I thought wow that's amazing and she's a very good advert right because she looks I mean both you and Carol Vorderman are fantastic adverts for it oh, thank you very much yes she's she's phenomenal and her brain is so sharp Right. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And I'm very curious to ask the question off the back of this as well. Collagen is one of those ones that it's become a household name. In the past, it was only the thing that people knew maybe that was within their skin or maybe their facial products or something along those lines. But now a ton of people know about collagen supplementation. What's the difference between something like spermidine supplementation compared to collagen supplementation? Well, so if you're taking collagen supplements, and I know this on the muscle, um, on the muscle side, there's been research done at UC Davis in Northern California, where they uh, they noticed that if you were just supplementing with collagen before you exercised, you weren't developing muscle in the way that you could if you just supplemented with as little as 35 milligrams of vitamin C together with the collagen. And so sometimes you need that little bit extra, you know, that other thing, that cofactor, and in this case, that's vitamin C, to really unlock the benefits for the body. Um, with regard to spermidine itself, spermidine is produced by gut 
but not by gut bacteria, by bacteria on the face. So on the skin, we have our own skin, topical skin biome. And there are bacteria, obviously, which we can't see, that are manufacturing different chemicals. And one of the chemicals, what chemicals, one of the molecules they can make is spermidine. And that spermidine actually upregulates or increases the production of collagen and elastin in the skin. It tells the skin, increase this, which is very good. So healthy skin biome will have on, on top of it spermidine. Internally though, you can take this, you can take this supplementally, you can get it in your food, and it will do a similar thing. It will also increase collagen and elastin expression. Amazing. So you would say that it's kind of just as powerful, if not because of obviously collagen is more to do with the skin and the muscles versus, you know, increasing longevity and increasing the telomere length, etc. And also autophagy as well, right? Yeah. Well, they're different. They're different things. I mean, it's sort of like comparing an apple to an orange. Sure. Collagen is obviously important to our joints as well, not just skin. Um, and ligaments. But for me, spermidine's superpower is really in the fact that it can slow down nine of the 12 hallmarks of aging. And in the fact that one of those hallmarks is triggering autophagy. The fact that it also can slow down inflammation, uh, that it helps with leaky gut. These are also very big, um, you know, these are our big keys to human health. And if we're just thinking about skin, obviously we don't want to have inflamed skin, right? So spermidine can do that on its own without regard to, you know, without even paying attention to the fact that it can upregulate collagen and elastin. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious to get an idea of the results that we can expect. A lot of people will be thinking, okay, you've piques my curiosity. But now <laughs> what am I going to see? You know, that's the challenge I find with supplements full stop is that A, you don't know if you're buying good quality, but I trust in the work that you're doing, the fact you're working with scientists to bring this forward in a quality and ethical way. So that's the first challenge most of the time people have with supplements. But the second challenge is knowing the effectiveness of them. Even if you do have a very, very high quality supplement, sometimes it takes a little while to see the effects. And sometimes you just got to trust that yeah. it's doing the work internally. What type of impacts can we expect to see if supplementing with it? How long does it take? How much, etc.? Well, first of all, in terms of dosage, we do know from studies in humans that one milligram of spermidine is the minimum effective dose for improvements in cognition. And that was an older, uh, a cohort of older patients who had subjective cognitive decline. And they found that their memory improved and cognition improved as well. So that's on the dose. And that's the dose that we have in both of our products, the gluten-free spermidine and in the, um, the highly concentrated defatted weed charm product. And then in terms of results, well, you know, everybody is different. So Let's think about somebody who's been extremely sick, someone who has, you know, long, you know, that thing that we're not allowed to say, that virus thing, right? Um, say they've had that, they've experienced a lot of hair fall, they are extremely tired. Well, they're depleted in a lot of things and they are in not the same physical condition as say you are, who are really in peak shape and you have been looking after yourself and I trust you haven't had this recently. So if you take it, of course, you're going to see results faster than they will because they're so terribly depleted, right? And the same goes for someone who is 
90 versus somebody who is, say, 55. Uh, the 55-year-old will see the results faster, to be honest. That said, you know, I have a, a photo of someone who is who was 79 at the time this was taken. They were on the product for five months, and you can see how their hair color began to return. But it's all at the root, and the ends are white. Oh, wow. So that, that doesn't happen for everyone, but it is something that happens for some people. So Dr. Stephanie Estima uh, in Canada, she had that effect. I'm trying to think who, you know, who some of the other folks were that, that had this. Um, another thing is you, you would see baby hair growth. So baby hairs are, you know, well, you can see some of mine right here. When, when you see little kids, they often have this baby hair at their temples. And that is a sign of faster cellular turnover, as is faster nail growth. When that happens, we know that this is happening inside too. And one of the areas inside our bodies that requires faster cellular turnover to stay healthy is the gut lining, which is only one cell thick. And you want that gut lining to be nice and tight so that those undigested proteins that were you know, in, in our digestive system, do not pass into the bloodstream and trigger an autoimmune attack, right? So the gut lining will completely, it's like a snake shedding its skin. The gut lining will completely turn over every 72 hours. And at least if we're healthy, it will. And we want that to make sure that the integrity of the gut lining is nice and strong. And so for me, I've always I, I know that, that hair, skin, and nails, when they are healthy, they are, for me personally, a proxy for what is going on inside. And if someone comes to me and their hair is falling out, um, their skin is very dry and sallow, their nails are pitted, or they have those white marks, you know, you and I know as coaches that these are signs of poor health. Right. So in terms of what people can expect to see, well, it really does depend. But I would say generally three months, you want to give it a good three months try. And this is not something that you that you do for a few weeks and say, oh, did it you know, did I see something? But by then you ought to see new baby hairs growing in. And sometimes people don't notice them at their temples, but when they go into their hairdressers, their hairdressers say, well, I don't know why, but I'm seeing new, a lot of new baby hairs here. So they might notice it. Definitely check with your nails if they're growing faster and sleep. Sleep is another area. If you have an aura ring or a bio strap or a whoop, one of these wearable tracking devices, do check your sleep because there's something about spermidine, we know that it uh, impacts, and nobilitin does this too, it will impact at least two of the eight clock genes. And the clock genes have an impact on the super uh, chiasmatic nucleus, which in turn modulates circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, that is all tied up to having good sleep at the right time. So we have uh, lots of people who tell us that their sleep improves, uh, especially women. That's incredible. And if anything sells in itself, I think everyone could benefit from some better sleep as well. And I want to come into that as well. Obviously, every single supplement or anything that you take can be 
enhanced and accelerated through lifestyle interventions as well. What are some of the major things that you did alongside obviously supplementation with um, spermazine and also all the things that you did within the treatment that you had when you were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis? What type of things did you do from a lifestyle perspective that you find super beneficial? And I'm sure that you went through a lot of that when you went through Dave Asprey's coaching course as well. So what are the, some of the things, because there's a lot of buzzwords at the moment, you know, there's a lot of things that people are claiming to be incredible and they're maybe not quite as incredible. So I'd love to get someone who's very neutral on the situation to give us a take on what is actually beneficial and what other things maybe we can park for the time being. I think I would go straight back to basics and um, go to movement, sleep and light. And I touched on light and um, circadian rhythm, or maybe I haven't, but basically uh, you know, we have these photoreceptors in our eyes that have nothing to do with sight, but have everything to do with sensing whether or not it is light or dark. And this was discovered here at the University of Oxford. Now, you're an Oxford boy, so uh, <laughs> you should be quite proud of this. And basically, we can reset those photoreceptors by going outside every day and just exposing our eyes to some sunlight. And uh, if we do this in the morning, the body gets a signal that says, oh, right, it's light. So I need to increase cortisol. Cortisol is going to allow me to stand up and not fall over and hit my head. And it's going to allow me to be alert to any kind of threat or danger. And I'm also going to now set my clock so that about eight hours later, say four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to start uh, manufacturing melatonin. And so really getting that early morning light exposure is so important. But today, you know, we spend 90 to 95% of our day indoors. So we aren't getting that circadian signal. And it's not surprising that so many people suffer from insomnia. And uh, even young people have this problem. Why? Because, of course, they have their devices with all that blue light. And that blue light is just like daylight. So daylight is blue spectrum light. Your photoreceptors see that blue spectrum light. They say, oh, let's increase cortisol, a stress hormone, and let's downregulate melatonin production so we can't sleep. So it, it's just, it's, you know, it's really important that we get the light correct that we um, make things dark when they are meant to be dark and make things light when they're meant to be light. So starting the day with an early morning walk, just the movement or even going to the garden and just doing some, you know, Tai Chi or uh, some Qigong, you know, just some easy stretching movements. Just even having your coffee outside is good and maybe try balancing on one leg. I like to do things. I like to stack things if possible. That, of course, then falls into sleep which I think is a really big lifestyle thing. We have just got to prioritize sleep. This is when the body uh, rests and digests and repairs itself. Some autophagy is happening then. If you are able to take autophagy activators before uh, sleep, then you are going to kickstart that uh, autophagic process. If you take some as you wake up, something that triggers autophagy when you wake up, then you're going to prolong that process of autophagy. That overnight fast will in help induce some of that. So it's just, it's very, very important. It's also especially important for women to get deep sleep because that is the only time that the glymphatic system in the brain, that's like 
we women know about the lymphatic system that gets rid of cellulite. Well, the lymphatic system kind of gets rid of the cellulite equivalent in the brain. All these, uh, you know, tau tangles and things. You know, you want to get rid of debris in the brain. And that only happens uh, during deep sleep phases. That is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And if you miss that window, um, they've often said you miss that window. There is a little hack. You can use spermidine. Even if you go to bed after two, you can use spermidine and you can still catch that window. Uh, we've had so many clients that have been able to do it, but you do want that because uh, that clearing out, that decluttering of neuro uh, neurological waste is really important to prevent things like dementia and Alzheimer's later on in life. And that afflicts women at twice the rate that it does men. So very important for us women to get that deep sleep. Finally, movement. Uh, you as a, as a fitness instructor will know that movement is incredibly important. It is uh, correlated with everything from good mood to, uh, you know, to muscle strength and decrease in frailty as we get older. And these are all really important for health span. Do you feel more optimistic about the older generation as we now discover these different types of interventions, different type of supplementation that we can take? Because if, if I'm completely honest, when I was younger, there was quite a bleak outlook on getting old in the sense of, you know, thinking 60 or 70 was and I'm going to say it very bluntly, but not very nicely, is that like the beginning of the end, you know, things start to go downhill. How much do you think that we can push not only our lifespan, but our health span by prioritizing these things more? Are we going to see more 70 and 80 years old people starting to live these really abundant and full of life type of lifestyles now? I certainly believe that and I feel I'm doing it. I don't think that a lot of people who are 58 want to go out and say, I'm going to start a business now. A lot of them are thinking about winding things down. But if you look at me or you look at, say, Carol Vorderman, you know, we're out there and we're starting new things. And it's really exciting. This is something that Professor Andrew Scott at London Business School has done a lot of work on. And he's got a book called The 100 Year Life and really has looked at the fact that if we have good health as we get older, we actually have this you know, this additional act to the play. It's not a two act play anymore. Now we have like an additional 30 years where we have all this wisdom. We have a lot of confidence, experience, and we're no longer worried about living the stories that our parents or our teachers or society told us we ought to live. We can now live the life we really want to live and we can live it in good health with vitality and vibrancy, which was not available to our grandparents, but is happily with all of these scientific discoveries and technologies, it is available to us. But we personally have got to advocate for ourselves and we have got to do the work. Again, as a coach, as a fitness coach, you will know all about this. You can tell someone what to do, but they must do the work. And that means getting into these lifestyle habits. And you start with the basics, really literally standing on one leg, having your coffee outside in the morning to get that morning light, practicing balancing, getting good sleep. And then, of course, you layer on things like supplements like, uh, say, uh, primidine with the full polyamine spectrum of spermidine, spermine, and putrescine, or, you know, 
magnesium, for instance, is a really fantastic supplement that most people are deficient in as they get older. If you're a woman, hormone replacement therapy for guys, hormone replacement therapy, maybe with the precursors like DHEA and pregnenolone, precursors to testosterone. Um, these things are all within our grasp. They don't cost a huge amount. DHEA and pregnenolone, not very expensive. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited and looking forward to having a lot of, of adventures. I can imagine. And you make it look super optimistic. And I think everything we've learned today and your example of it, like you said, there's not going to be many people who get into their late fifties and think, okay, it's time for me to start a business. You know, you think it's a young person's game and you think it's something that, yeah. you know, okay, well, I've only got, like you said, to act, you know, you've got that halftime show coming at 30 years old, but maybe the halftime show is now at like 55, for example. And there's yeah. so much to be optimistic about when you think, okay, well, I've got all, imagine having all the wisdom that you have and still having the same functionality when you're, yeah, like you are like 58, for example, it must be a very, very powerful indeed. And as you mentioned, you take experience, you take confidence. So yeah, it's definitely a bright outlook. And I do have two couple of final questions for you before we wrap up. And the final question, the big one here is what impact would you like to have on the world with the work that you do? I want to inspire and educate people with really with the knowledge of self-healing and uh, the body is so wise. It has this, we've got this innate ability inside our bodies to heal and we need to unlock it. We can't just keep relying on doctors. We can't outsource it all to them. In acute cases, we can, but in the Western world, the diseases are overwhelmingly lifestyle diseases, chronic diseases, and there it's up to us. We know how to fix these things by uh, making lifestyle changes. We just have got to get up and do the work and have faith in our bodies to respond and heal. So that's, that's really what I want to do. Inspire, empower, educate. I love that. And where is the best place for people to find you if they want to keep up with the work that you're doing, Leslie? Well, if you want to learn about the Oxford Longevity Project and the work we do to promote the idea of autophagy and different diseases, how it can help with different diseases, go to the OxfordLongevityProject.org. If you want to learn about, um, you know, spermidine, polyamines, go to Oxford Health Span, like the span of a bridge. Dot com. And if you want to learn more about me personally, some of the things I do in my own life, you can go to Leslie's New Prime, like the new prime of life. And that's L-E-S-L-I-E. -E, so Leslie's New Prime. And that's on Instagram or you can find me on YouTube too. I have some old videos that I did about gray hair reversal. I did those a few years ago, but they're still, people still seem to love them. Amazing. I'll make sure all of those are in the description below. But Leslie, thank you so much for your time today. Please say hello to Oxford for me and I hope to speak with you soon. Will do. Thank you so much. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.